You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. And I've just been looking forward to today's topic on YouTube SEO basics because well, I've been getting more into doing YouTube stuff. And one of the benefits of hosting a podcast about all this stuff is I get to pick people who have knowledge in areas that I want to grow in. So it's a win-win situation for everyone. I want to welcome Atiba to the show. You know, he's got one of these really interesting stories where he was helping people do SEO before people even knew what SEO was. He was getting them ranked on Google, but sort of like, you know, the cobbler's kids with no shoes, his own stuff just didn't rank that well. And, you know, he had a... He connected with some pretty cool people who gave him the revelation that he needed to get himself out there and get on the first page of Google himself. So, Atiba, I am just looking forward to today and hearing more about your story and learning some SEO basics. So, welcome to the show. Kim, thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here with you and everyone who's watching. Hi, everyone. So I'm going to just ask you like a really, really, really obvious question. Because there, I think there's so much confusion out there. Like some people say, why bother even doing SEO for YouTube? It doesn't work unless you're already established. It doesn't matter what you do. You're not going to get any attention. And then, there, you know, there's people on the other side who are like, you know, SEO has got to be everything. It doesn't really matter about the content. As long as you get people, you know, you hook them in and then, you know, with the SEO. So I want to hear the balance today. So give me just like sort of that summary sentence about SEO basics for YouTube. Well, let me just start by saying both of those are wrong. <laughs> yes. Okay. And so let me give you just that, that one sentence basics that you asked for there. That was a great question, by the way. The thing about it is what we have to understand is the thing that we care about is traffic. You care about eyeballs on your stuff right? The term SEO means nothing. What you really care about is those eyeballs. Eyeballs come, there are three parts, three parts to getting eyeballs on your traffic, okay? Number one is being obsessed with your customer, knowing exactly who you're talking to. We're talking to, to, to people who are authorities who want to write books, we know we are obsessed. We know exactly who they are. We need to be obsessed with our customer. Then creating yes. a content strategy that resonates with them. And then the third so piece true. of traffic is SEO. And get that. It's the third piece, but it's the piece that most people only focus on. And that's the problem. Mm. You know what? 
I love that you said that. I, you know, obviously I've done, well, we're getting closer to 500 interviews. So this is, this has been cool. And, wow, you know, I have talked to many YouTube people and, and others and other marketing people, and they tend to focus in on just the one thing. The one thing is the thing. And I loved how you said that, you know, the SEO, that's the third piece of the puzzle. But if you don't have the other two, the third one doesn't work. So, oh, doesn't. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just, oh, it's refreshing to talk to someone who's got a balanced perspective on all of these things. So we are going to have a wonderful conversation today. Well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> So let's get into this a little bit deeper, and I'm going to let you loose for a few minutes just to talk about, you know, some of the SEO basics, and then I'm going to ask you some questions, and, you know, then we're going to go into your story a bit, because I think you've got some interesting things to share with us. Yes. So the beauty here about traffic, okay, so let's, let's mm -hmm. again, let's not just talk about SEO, let's talk about traffic, because that's what you want. It's about eyeballs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we've gotten stuck. A lot of us looking at you right now, you're looking at me, I'm looking at you watching us, watching us right now. You, you've gotten stuck. You've gotten stuck on likes. You've gotten stuck on the attention. You've gotten yeah. stuck at, on the vanity metrics that make influencers influencers that seem like they're a big deal, that make people feel all tingly and, and release, you know, endorphins in their bodies and make them feel great, but add nothing to their bank accounts. Amen. Now, I don't know yeah. about you, but I don't know the last time you try to pay a bill with likes. I, I've not found a creditor that takes likes as payment yet. Maybe it's coming, but it hasn't happened yet. Okay. We still need dollars to make sense. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that is why we have to be very mindful of being principled. This isn't about tactics. This is about the principles of understanding how the human mind works and how your customer takes a journey to you and to becoming your ideal customer. Yes. It's just about tactics. Oh. Man, let's we're in deep dive into this one today. You know, it's so true that we do get caught up on the metrics. We do get caught up on the likes and the follows and the comments and the hearts and the and those things. And um, you know, I get caught up in Google an Analytics because I actually really happen to like numbers and math. So, and I'm very motivated when I see green. You know, mm -hmm. when you're on you're on your YouTube analytics and, and you see green things, oh, that mm -hmm. makes me smile. But I've come to realize that YouTube is a long-term strategy, and I can't be reliant on seeing green because there's going to be times when I'm not going to see green. Now, hopefully they are few and far between, but it's gonna happen. It's going to happen. And I can't base, you know, my self-worth, I can't base my business on the fact that one day I'm green and maybe one day I'm not, or maybe one day I'm red, which is just even worse. But I think the, you know, when you look at YouTube as a strategy, first of all, you've got to be able to play the long game. Mm -hmm. 
you're expecting to create one video and go viral and you know all that kind of stuff i'm not, not saying it can't happen because it's it not happens. Happens. it's not let's call but, a spade a spade. you're probably more likely to be struck by lightning <laughs> much more likely <laughs> much 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 more likely you know and and to your point though it's and I want everybody to hear, and I want you to hear me on this. I'm not saying that numbers don't matter because numbers absolutely do matter, right? It's which numbers that matter. Mm, true. I have a conversation that I'm going to have later today with a client. And I know she's coming to the conversation and she wants to say, hey, our views are way down. Our click-through rate looks like it sucks, like what's going on, so on and so forth. And my response to her is going to be, Yes, overall, the views are down. Overall, we're not happy with the click-through rate. However, you're getting 18% clicks from your YouTube channel to your website. So your on-platform click-through rate on YouTube sucks. But think about that for a second, 18%. You can't buy any ad in this world that I know of in paid media. And we're talking organic, in paid media and get 18% click-through rate to your website. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that is huge. So are we looking at the right numbers and do mm -hmm. we understand what the numbers actually mean? Okay. And yeah. how they affect each other. You know, one of the numbers that, that I've been looking at is and, and working on, cause I'm not trying to work on everything at once. I can't, I don't understand it all. So I decided I was going to work on one thing. So the one thing right. I've been working on right now is getting people to initially watch my videos longer. So instead of cutting out 30 seconds in, I'm trying to get them to stay at least one to two minutes in. And people might be saying, yeah, but this is a 30 minute podcast. And, you know, but the, here's the thing you want to, I want to move one step at a time. Okay. Yeah. And right now I'm not working with anybody and doing this on my own, right? Don't have experts working with me on this. This is just Kim learning and growing and implementing as I can, yeah. you know, but so let's that's talk about that. Goals. It's just to get people watching the videos longer. Okay. Let's talk about that. What's your, do you know what your click-through rate is on YouTube? No, but I can look it up while we're talking. So why don't you talk while I look it up? All right. So while you're looking that up, so let's, so when someone comes to me and says that, which is a great thing, you want people to watch more of your video, right? Average watch time is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And you want your average watch time to be north of 30%. So for what you're doing, good, smart, absolutely. I'm going to say, first and foremost, what's your click-through rate? Because here's what that tells me. The click-through rate, let's say you have a really high click-through rate and people are dropping off in the one minute, two minute um, time frame on a 30 minute podcast, it means that your thumbnail was great at grabbing attention, but your content deliver right away on what the thumbnail promised. Okay, so it's saying here on my impressions click through rate, oh, I don't even know if I wanna say this number. No, it's 0.4% on my impressions click through rate. Okay. So at 0.4% on your impressions click-through rate, that's not a good number. No. Okay. Uh, and so I would actually start there before you try to get people to watch longer. Mm. Okay. Because right now, you don't even know if you're attracting the right people. Mm. Now, the way we True. fix click-through rate is really the two things that fix click-through rate. Number one is your thumbnail. Number two is the title. 
Okay. So the thumbnail, first and foremost, because that's what people see, and it's the most important piece of fixing your click-through rate, is that thumbnail has to attract your ideal customer and tell, make a mm -hmm. promise to them about what they're about to receive. Okay. Okay. Now, okay. once we start to get that a little bit higher and start to say, okay, we're getting some people, now we can start to say, okay, how long are those people watching? Because it's 0.4%, unless you have tons of impressions, which I'm going to assume you don't at 0.4%, you don't have enough statistical data to yet prove how we can get the, the watch time to be longer. So in the last 28 days, I had 41,000 impressions. 41,000. Okay. So you have 41,000 impressions on how many videos? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Over thirty. Over thirty. Okay. So and forty-one thousand. So you're talking about just over a thousand impressions per video. Um and point you said point oh four or point four percent? Point four percent. Point four percent. Okay. So it's still not a ton of impressions per video on average, mm -hmm. right? It sounds like it's a lot, oh, wow, 41,000. But at 30 plus videos, it peters out pretty quickly there, right? So I would start with your thumbnails. I would start there with your thumbnails. Let's see if we can increase that click-through rate. Yes. Get, people, get so more people watching and then start to analyze how long they're staying. So let's talk about some thumbnail basics then, because I think, you know, when it comes to thumbnails, it's one of those things. I'm not a graphic designer. You know, I do do my very best. I had, I did have someone design something for me. So I do have a templated one that I do use, but let's talk about that a bit. Like what are, what are some of the basics of a good thumbnail? So if, if that's, you know, it's like the cover of a book. Right. They say people say, oh, you don't you can't judge a book by its cover. Well, people judge book by its cover all the time. So all you better time. have a really good one. So here's here's the, uh, here's the beauty of thumbnails. There is no right answer. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really painful because I wish that we could define a formula and say, here's the formula. But for every single client that we have, mm -hmm. it's trial and error until you figure it out. And it doesn't always be, it's not always the same. You know, uh, I have one client, her click-through rate goes through the roof as soon as someone holds a product up in her thumbnail. Mm. Other clients have products and it doesn't work at all, <laughs> right? Because understand, it's about the audience and what the audience wants to see from that particular product or service that you're offering, right? Which is why there's no real one size fits all. Now, that being said, you can't put a ton of words on your thumbnail because no one's going to read it and it becomes hard to read, okay? Mm. Uh, so limit the words, make them impactful words that you use on your thumbnail, something that will grab attention. It's all about grabbing attention. That's what it yeah. is, okay? Number two, Again, depending on on your audience, people say like, uh, you know, I know I know the guy who used to do thumbnail design for Mr. Beast, and he was like, oh, you got to put something like 
gaudy on there. It's got to be like a Lamborghini or or somebody flying through the air, you know, some sort of imagery that really captures the attention, right? Well, guess what? If you're an orthopedic surgeon, I don't think anybody cares about that. No, no. (laughs) So let's just back up a little bit because, you know, now there's this thing called, you know, YouTube podcasts, right? So, you know, specifically for me as a podcast host, because that's predominantly how I use my YouTube channel, you know, I've I've been told both sides of the coin that as a podcast, I should have the same thumbnail and just adjust the thumbnail accordingly. So it keeps the branding, it keeps the colors the same, whatever. And then I've been told on the other end, and these are by YouTube People who not work at YouTube, but YouTube consider themselves YouTube experts. Okay. And they're telling, so I've got one group telling one person telling me, oh, you have to have individualized thumbnails for each one. They all need to be different. And then I'm having somebody else saying, yeah, but it's part of your branding and this is your podcast. So they should always be the same. Could you just share your thoughts on that with me? Exactly. Exactly. And, And that's, it's like, nobody knows. And what's... You know, the the ever frustrating thing here is Google doesn't tell us how the algorithm for YouTube works. Yeah. And so we're all guessing. And anytime you get advice, you have to consider the source of the advice mm-hmm. and why it would work for their audience. Again, back to being obsessed with audience. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because if you understand why I work for their audience, you can crosswalk that to your audience and it may be different for your audience. In general, though, I would say, you know, you do want the branding to be very similar between the thumbnails on on both because it is the same company, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I mean, you can split test that in six different ways and I think you probably come up with six different answers. To be completely honest with you, and it's frustrating. It's it's one of those things, you know, for us that is extremely frustrating because there, are, you know, there's so many times. Again, the same client I'm going to be meeting in a in a little while. We had her click through rate for a long time north of six percent. By the way, six percent is the benchmark, right? Six percent click through rate is good video. If you get six 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 percent on a video, you're doing great. Okay? That's good to know. Yes. <laughs> And so we had her north of 6%. Now she's on at like 2.31% on average. And it's just like, guess what? It's the same darn thumbnail format that we're using that we did six months ago when it worked. Why did it change? Yeah, because the algorithm changes, all sorts of other things change. We're going to stop for a quick second because we haven't done our normal ad break. Audience, if you are thinking about writing a book to build your business and want to find out if you are on the right track, I want you to listen to this quick ad about the create and scale method. It's going to give you a checklist that you can use to ensure that you are putting the right things in your book so that you can convert your readers into clients. Writing and publishing a book that converts readers into client and scales your business is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Get my free checklist at bit.ly forward slash create and scale that will show you what you need to do to have your book become a well-converting lead generating tool. Welcome back, Atiba. Thank you for being so honest. I, I'm finding this conversation frustrating and refreshing at the exact same time. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I was hoping you were going to say, Kim, there's this really great formula. You know, A plus B, sprinkle in a little C times a little D, and you've got it. And you're you're telling me that it doesn't work that way. And to be honest, I appreciate the honesty because I yeah. I have known people who just flub through things. I was was funny, I was talking to one YouTube person. And I mean, he seemed impressive. He was saying all the right things. I mean, I was liking what he was saying, all this other kind of stuff. And then, you know, he was charging way more than I could afford. And I'm thinking, I'm debating, do I work with this person? So then I thought, well, I'm going to check out this person's YouTube. So this person's supposed to be a YouTube expert who barely has a YouTube channel. And I had more subscribers than he did at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, I don't know who who they are and what they said or where they were, which is fine. I don't need to. <laughs> you know, it's the the thing here is it's a constant experiment and mm -hmm. it's a constant learning cycle. It's a constant figuring it out, right? Mm -hmm. And every freaking channel is different, and yeah. that's why I have so many, one of the reasons I have so many gray hairs, <laughs> right? Because they are, and what is today, six months from now, won't be. And you've got to constantly be be looking and trying and testing. A couple of things I will tell you that are fact, though: consistency. Yes. Okay. Being consistent with your content. Now, what does that mean on YouTube? It means that if you're going to post once a week on Mondays, post once a week on Mondays. Don't post once a week by posting on Monday this week and Wednesday next week. That's not consistency in the eyes of YouTube. Mm -hmm. Okay. Consistency yeah. is absolutely key. Okay. Uh, other thing that I will tell you about YouTube is its algorithm is one of the smartest in the world. In the world? Mm -hmm. That's not a correct term. In the yeah. world. In the world. It's one of the smartest in the world. The well, YouTube, tell, I'll tell you, it's got me nailed. <laughs> The, the YouTube I, don't, AI. I have to be careful. I can't. When I go on YouTube, I have to just go right to my channel, right to YouTube Studio. Because if I even look, if I even in. glance, I'm lost in the YouTube world and scanning videos. And then I'm like, what am I doing, man? I'm just to get my work done. So now think about that from the other side of you as a creator. Okay. So, so you're thinking about it there as you as a consumer, which is fine, right? But let's think about it from a creator side. It's okay. How do we become that video that they showed to that right person mm -hmm. that got them sucked into the YouTube sphere of influence and you can never yes. get out, right? And its algorithm is impressive. Mm -hmm. I have seen the back ends of YouTube AI. YouTube AI will know that, that more people will watch your video if a cat walked across your cabinets right now than not. YouTube AI knows that when you wear blue, people like your, your videos more. Like it's that mm. ridiculous. Okay. Now, that being said, you can't control any of that stuff, but what you can control, what you can control is your content. Okay. Mm, yes. Just getting back to being obsessed with our audience, understanding what it is our audience wants. Now, how do you understand what they want? By understanding the pain that they're in when it comes to your product or service. 
truly, truly understanding the not what this stuff to, and this is the thing that people do on YouTube. They get on and they start talking about what they want to talk about. No one cares about what you want to talk about. True. Okay. They only True. care. Like right now, y'all are listening because you care to hope that I tell you how to solve the YouTube algorithm. Okay. That's what you care about. Otherwise, you would go listen to something on about TikTok or watch a movie. Right. And so understanding your customer and their pain point, understanding the issue that they're having and creating content towards those issues. Yeah. That is being obsessed with your customer and having a good content strategy. I like it. it. I like it. So we've only got about, I don't know, four or five, six minutes left. We haven't even talked about your story yet. So why don't we take a few minutes and just have you share a little bit of your story and, you know, how, how did, how did you get into this and, you know, kind of where are you at right now? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'll give you the really, really abridged version. So myself and two other friends created our very first search engine in 1996. So yes, I wrote a search engine in 1996. I had a search engine online in 1996. I am an old school coder, programmer, software architect. So I know search from the inside out. I spent a bunch of years building large search systems for the US government. You name the three letter acronym in the government, I've probably built a search system for them over time. I left the government and came back private sector at a time where Google was having real issues. And their issues were spammers were winning and getting to the top of Google search and they had to figure out how to get actual relevant content to the top. Well, understanding search from the inside out, also understanding the art of storytelling, I realized that, hey, if we wrote a spec where we can create content that told story and actually solve people's problems, that would rank at the top of search and be considered what Google called relevant content that nobody could seem to define for over a decade. So we did that from 2006 to 19. Then in 2020, made, long story short, the switch from written content to video first content because mm. there is no medium better to connect with you than video. If you were reading everything I say right now, wouldn't have the same effect as watching me say it. And True. so video. So now we are a video first marketing agency. We actually specialize in the medical field helping doctors who are leaving insurance-based care for cash-based care find new patients. That's what we do. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh, I've enjoyed this conversation today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Pleasure's been mine. So as we start to, to close up, Atiba, so two things. I would love for you to share a final thought and then if people have really enjoyed this conversation and they're like, I really need to, to connect with them, I need to, I need to learn more. How can yeah. they connect with you? No, absolutely. So first and foremost, some, something to just say to you is just do it. Okay, make like a tennis shoe and just do it. It's time to start on video. I know it's scary, but understand that the future of marketing is all 100% video. So mm-hmm. it's time. It's time. Now, that being said, that probably leaves you with a ton of questions and a ton of how-tos and a ton of anxiety even, which I totally understand. And so what I want you to do is go to meetatiba.com. That's meet, 
A-T-I-B-Z-N-B-O-Y-A.com. That's going to take you directly to my LinkedIn. When you get there, don't hit the follow button. Hit the connect button. Connect with me. Send me a message. Tell me you saw me on Kim's show. Let me know. Ask me your question. I want to help answer your questions. I love it. Love it. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being on the show today. I have enjoyed this conversation. Like I said, frustrated, but I have also enjoyed it. And I think I just want to appreciate your honesty, your sincerity, and the fact that you didn't give us, you know, all of the usual <clears throat> lines that we get from other people. And so I have found this conversation refreshing and enjoyable audience, if you have enjoyed this conversation today, I want to direct you to another podcast we did on YouTube, episode 429, Mastering the Algorithm. You know the routine, audience? Somewhere on this screen, my daughter has placed the thumbnail for you to click on. Somewhere. Now, if you're on your favorite podcast app, you are going to be scanning back a bit, probably close to about 50 episodes to find it. I just want to say at the end of this, Atiba said, just do it. And here's what I can promise you. The first videos I did were not good. My first podcast interviews were not that great. And maybe it's a blessing that I lost the first 80 of them because some of them I think I would be probably ashamed to put up right now. Now, after having done almost 500 episodes, it's something that I enjoy. And I, as much as I don't like talking to a camera by myself, I am actually getting used to it. And you become better at it. And as you analyze, I just spent this morning uh, creating some videos to put out as me as a speaker. And so I was going through an event where I was speaking at and I'm listening and I'm self-analyzing. I'm like, okay, that was pretty good. I'm like, hmm, got to work on that one. But it didn't, I didn't get emotionally like distraught over it. I'm like, I just analyzed and I went, that's the next habit I've got to work on breaking to make yeah. everything just a little bit better. So the only way you're going to get better, the only way you're going to get good at it is do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it, 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 do it some more and find some good people like Atiba to work with. Audience, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Bye. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.